In today's episode, we're sitting down and talking about action economy, what it is, how to manage it, and how to beef up the action economy in your D&D or tabletop role-playing game. So stay tuned. However, before we continue, I want to thank you all for your listenership. Your support of this podcast means the world to me. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. I hope that you enjoy this content and I hope that it brings you value in your own life and in your own game. If y'all haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review if you have the ability. That really helps me grow from a podcast perspective, but it also helps me gauge what y'all want to listen to. So again, thank you so much and I hope you enjoy this episode. I want to take the time to give a quick shout out to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, it's user friendly, and Anchor does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. What I absolutely love about Anchor is that it's free. You can download the app, and once you download it, you can start working on your podcast. You don't need to invest in any type of equipment or any type of engineering tools. You can pretty much edit and do everything from your phone or your computer for free. Anchor does a lot of the heavy lifting as well. It distributes all your podcasts for you to a bunch of different areas. So it'll distribute it to Spotify, to Apple Podcasts, and a bunch of other places. Lastly, it provides you an opportunity to monetize from your podcast. You can start making money with no minimum listenership. That's a huge thing for those people who are trying to start a podcast and try to start their brand. So if you're ready to start using Anchor, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right. Jay, how you doing, bud? Man, I am so good. I am happy to be here. I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Dude, thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for hanging out with us, man. It's been great. I know we've been friends on IG for a while now, doing some cool things, reviewing products. I know we have a mutual friend with Ray, aka GotDM. So I know that um, <clears throat> we've been building these connections and, and kind of building communities. And that's one thing, one of the reasons why I wanted you on the show, man. I love how you are community centered above all things. So really enjoyed that. But for the folks out there who are listening to this, how did you get into terrain crafting? Was it when you started playing D&D or was it you know, before that, did you play like another type of tabletop game? So that's a great question that a lot of people ask because they want to know, like, you know, you seem like a terrain, you know, I don't know, expert or whatever you want to call it, which is weird. I'm not. But thus, how did how did you get into this? Because, you know, it just you can do whatever you want. It really started like as a kid, you know, like if if I had to say, like, when did I start doing D&D terrain? Yeah, it was, you know, a year and a half ago. Uh, when I started playing D&D and, and really getting involved in the D&D side of things. But I mean, honestly, I've been doing stuff like this since I was a kid. Okay. It started Legos when I was two and, you know, that sort of thing. And you can do whatever you want with Legos. They're, they're basically like small foam pieces that you could put together and build anything you want. So very true stuff like that. You know, um, I always tell a story of when we were middle and high school about playing games. It's like, I can't believe we didn't find D&D at that point because 
what we were doing is we were taking games like Risk or mm-hmm. Axis and Allies and, and adding, you know, Monopoly mm-hmm. money to it for economy and adding all these different types of diplomacy. And it's just, you know, it's, it's a role-playing game is what we were making. And so yeah. it's just kind of surprising me that we never had D&D um, at that point. So the, all along the way, man, I've been doing stuff like this. And it's just, this is kind of a new avenue of that. So I find that a lot of folks who started, you know, they say that they started, oh, when I was kind of like what you said, oh, when I started playing D&D, but really the answer is like, oh, I started building things when I was younger or build, yeah. you know, or world building or even painting, you know, maybe it wasn't painting minis, but it was painting, you know, portraits or pictures or something of that nature. And they were just doing that as children. I feel like we gravitate, it, it's almost like we gravitate towards a level up, so to speak, of our craft or what we enjoy as a as an artistic expression. And, you know, you mentioned with Legos, I mean, who hasn't as a kid played with Legos? And possibly that laid the foundation for so many different crafters, <laughs> including yourself, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and, you know, I, I've, I know I played with my fair share of Legos, but I never thought about that. I thought about, you know, the little characters, little mint, you know, quote unquote, the minis of the Legos, like the, the actual, you know, what story are we telling? What's the Mm -hmm. world that we're playing? And what's the, what's the lore behind it? All this other stuff. And I did that as a kid, especially with Lord of the Rings, right? And, you know, that's one thing that I've always wanted to ask folks, especially in the terrain scape or the terrain world is how do you take those, you know, you come from a, you know, let's say, you know, you look at a piece of terrain, right. And you are, having these ideas and crafting, how did you get to that point? How did you get to the point where you could look at something and be like, I'm going to build a farm with this, or I'm going to build a town square. Like how, to me, that's very foreign of a concept because I Mm -hmm. don't know how to do that. There's, uh, there's a couple ways you can go with that, Brian. It's like a lot, a lot of like what some people do. And really, I think where I kind of started out with this is, is looking at what other people are doing or Mm -hmm. what you need, you know? And so like, if you have like, material from like a source book, like one of the modules or something like that, you pretty much have an idea like, okay, I need to, I need to probably make this because this is going to be a pretty important location or, you know, ruin or whatever. And so you have a good idea that, but I think on the creative side of it, that the other aspect is, you know, if we take it even back to Legos, one of my favorite parts was like the, the Lego miniatures mm-hmm. when they would release a new like star Wars one. Like the first time I got a Darth Vader where like the helmet came off and it was oh, like, yeah. you know, like a, a cool Darth Vader. Now I have a Darth Vader helmet that I can add and stuff like that. And it was that aspect of seeing something new that hasn't been done before that is very appealing. And so that is a lot of what drives me. It's <laughs> instead of seeing something new, it's like, I want to create something new. I want to make mm-hmm. something that people haven't seen or done. So that's really what drives my creative process. Um, and I mean, I'm, 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 I'm sure it's similar to like DMing or, or really any other aspect of D&D. It's like you just have an outlet and you want to find something to fill those gaps. True. You could probably relate. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. I, I can see it now. The way you explained it actually makes more sense than what I was thinking in my head. Because um, a lot of times I think, and I don't know for folks out there in the audience, I'm like I am someone who I tend to overanalyze things, right? if you were to give me a piece of foam and you'd say, okay, build something with it, I'd say, well, what do I need to build? What do I need? You know, how, what's the, what are the dimensions going to be like versus, Hey, you know what? Maybe I can just kind of go as, you know, 
build it as I want or build it as I go kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, yeah. you know what? Maybe this, I'm kind of feeling some dungeon tiles. And then maybe what I do is, oh, I crack a part, you know, or rather I crack a portion of it and it makes it look like it's crumbled dungeon tiles, things of that nature. Right. Right. I, I, and I don't, and again, that's just based upon my skill and experience. Um, so when you first started crafting, right. What approach did you take? Did you take more of a, I want to build a, you know, the dungeon tiles or, you know what, I'm kind of feeling this and I don't, you know, I'm just going to go with, I'm just going to play right there. I mm-hmm. think there's a difference between building and playing. Mm-hmm. Like when yep. you're playing, you're saying, oh, I'm just going to kind of see what happens. And then when you're building, you're like, nope, I'm going to build this farmhouse. <laughs> uh-huh. and do this. So when you first started, what was your approach? Um, so I'll, I'll retract us just a little bit and say, put it on the record. We are going to go live, you and I, and do a building session live. Yes, so please. that is definitely please. going to happen. That's something that I, I want really, really badly. So I know we talked about it one time and yes, that is going to happen. But um, to answer your question, yeah, you're right. It's like, it's almost like a sandbox, right? The yeah. ultimate kind of in real life sandbox. And I think, I think playing is my favorite part. Cause that's when you really discover, you know, I, I, I just released like yesterday, the, uh, when, how I do my barnacles for ships okay. and, and, and water builds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And people love it. And it's like, well, this is just so simple. And it was kind of an accident, you know? And it's just because okay. I was just putting stuff on there. I was like, hey, that looks kind of like cool. And it's like, you know, it's not like I had this genius idea. It's just I was just messing around with stuff and that happened to work. And so I think, yeah, that that playground aspect of it, a lot of crafters get caught up on, well, what is, you know, popular YouTuber doing right now? I'm going to do that exact same thing. You know, hmm. there's the and this is I want these. This is nothing that often. But I know like the shifting lands pillars just came out like they're they're foam. Oh, you can yeah, make your yeah, which that. are absolutely incredible. And I absolutely want some, but I feel like on my feed, that's like all I'm seeing. And so it's just like, okay, what can I do? That's a little bit different. You know, not that there's anything wrong with that. They're great. And I want them and I love them, but I'm just saying, you know, I try to not do what everybody else is doing, but at the same time, I don't really care about that as well. It's just, I'm just going to do what I feel like is what I want to do. What's what's creative, you know? <clears throat> I hear you. Um, so you. So you take more of the creative approach where you, you really let your creative spirit kind of run free and almost not to quote um not to quote a very famous artist but you allow for happy accidents (laughs) happy accidents is a great one that's that's pretty accurate that's i mean but let's 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 say this brian it's also like i don't know it's so weird man because it's all Mm -hmm. over the place i feel like i've all my life i've been one of those like um I, I try jack of all trades. Like I try to do everything and sure. I, I get really passionate about everything. And so like, you know, a month or two ago, I, I was, I'm running dragon heist, water deep dragon heist, fantastic module, by the way. And, um, I was like, well, troll skull manor is like the hub, like their home base. And I was like, I'm going to build it, yeah. you know? And I went on this two month journey of building it and it was huge and, and it was amazing. And it was literally like, brick by brick i was copying the descriptions i was copying the floor plans and so at that aspect it wasn't there was some creative flair in it but it was you know i was just taking something out of a book so i definitely do that too and there's there's so many good places for that okay see so kind of uh piggybacking off that because we spoke about you know going live on on your show and i want to talk about your show really quick um but i also want to talk about something just because it made me think of it as someone who, as again, I consider myself a novice terrain crafter, um, I'm learning now how to paint 
and how to, you know, to paint minis and to paint terrain and whatnot. I think painting terrain has been more forgiving with me because it's definitely easier to do, in my opinion, just because I don't have to be as crazy detailed when I'm painting dungeon tiles, right? Uh, yeah, there's no eyes of, on dungeon tiles. Exactly. <laughs> and I usually make my eyes look like googly eyes. So <laughs> I just, you know, you know, unless you have like some weird like dungeon tile mimic that has googly eyes, maybe. But for someone like myself who's a novice, and maybe for folks out there who are novices or want to know uh, who kind of or, you know, want to share this with friends who are novices. What's the first thing that you recommend in regards to what do you need to have to start crafting? Man, I love that question. I get that question a lot. You don't need anything. You can you can make D&D terrain or Warhammer terrain with whatever you have. The most mm-hmm. common thing I see um, is cardboard. Everybody has cardboard. Everybody has cereal boxes or, or rice boxes. That stuff is absolutely perfect. Okay. I would say a step up from that is um, if you go to the dollar store, you can get a two foot by three foot sheet of quarter inch thick foam. Okay. That stuff, I mean, a sheet of that will last you so long. You can make three or four houses out of it. Nice. And I mean, you know, like I said, you don't need anything. I I could make something out of toilet paper if I wanted to, you know, like. Yeah, for sure. You don't need anything. Um, there's definitely a few things that I would recommend, like, like maybe a sheet of foam, some cardboard, um, a good knife, you know, like one of those knives, the one of those like Ulfa knives that slides you know yep 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 you like an exacto blade yeah like yeah like an exacto blade and then hot glue hot glue just holds everything together it's instant you know it's cheap so and then just a couple paints man like you you could you'd know on paints like you know like a black brown gray vanilla maybe a olive green something like that yeah for sure that's all you need just simple paints that you could just pick up almost at your local hobby store like a hobby lobby or like a michael's or something of that nature Um, and you can just kind of, you know, and probably some brushes, maybe something, nothing, nothing too crazy. Just a couple of simple brushes. Yeah. Um, cause obviously we're working with terrain here. So we don't, you know, right at the moment, we might not need that precision brush. Yeah. Don't buy we, a nice brush. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 probably not. Um, especially as a beginner, right. You're kind of saying you, 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 the way I think about it is that with those kind of, with that starter set, so to speak, um, you can build pretty much anything. It seems yeah. like there's, there's, I'll add on to that too, Brian, and say like, I've seen a lot of people want to get into it and, and just go full out, which is, there's nothing wrong with that as well. If that's what you want to do, that's what you do it. That's great. Yeah. But I would recommend, you know, if you're starting, um, mm-hmm. try, try not to be too appealed by like the resin pours and, you know, some of the really big advanced kind of things like that, making a big elaborate tree with all this flocking and stuff like that, because um, yes, it looks very cool, but it does take a little bit more of a skill set um, that you will develop after making some houses and, and rocks and ruins and, and, and things like that and t- dungeon tiles. Um, dungeon tiles are so perfect for starters because they're easy they mm-hmm. teach you the basics of cutting. They teach you the basics of texturing and they teach you the basics of painting and dry brushing, you know? Okay. So that's why everybody does dungeon tiles because that's, they cover everything right up front. But yeah, um, I would say just get the basic things. If you're starting, build a couple things, see how you like it. Because some people get into terrain and they're like, I don't really like this. And I just spent $50 on materials, you know? Uh, so sure. I try to tell people don't, don't go out and spend 50 bucks, just spend bucks, get the basics and see what you think. And it kind of seems that you've already kind of, pointed towards what folks should focus on right you know check out everyone uses dungeon tiles 
you're gonna, I mean, dungeons is in the name of the game. So, you know, start out with some dungeon tiles, it seems get, start to learn and play with textures, start mm -hmm. to learn, um, and, and really, uh, flirt with paints and with, uh, layering of said paints, right? Because obviously you have your base and your foundation. You want to do some dry brushing so that it it catches a certain effect. But it seems like dungeon tiles is kind of the first thing you want to do or just jump into the deep end of the pool and yeah. build a house. Yep. That was the first thing I built was a house. Yeah. Okay. Now, looking back at it, did you... Do you, can you look at it and be like, oh, wow, I've learned a lot or wow, I'm really happy with this. I'm really glad that this was my first one. What, what's your thoughts <laughs> on that? There's so many times I've almost thrown it away because it's, it's, it's homely, you know? Yeah, it's yes. a home, but it's, it's pretty homely to look at. And I could throw it on my table and people wouldn't notice, you know, they'd be like, oh, it's just a cool little house. It, you know, you notice your flaws more than anybody else does. It's like anything. Oh my gosh. Yeah, man. I remember, <laughs> I remember when I first started running D and D again and I was like, man, I'm rusty at this. I yeah. am really rusty. And when I started, cause for the full, and I, and I've probably said this so many times, but you know, speaking to you about this, you've probably heard it. Like I originally wanted to write my world as a book. Mm -hmm. um, so I had, I, I was writing it um, as a book and then I transitioned into saying, you know what, I think I would rather play just because I miss playing. I had, you know, started for a bit. The characters that were in my book are the ones that were our childhood characters that we had within our friend group. Um, we then, you know, kind of took a break just as, you know, everything happens. And lo and behold, I started DMing and I was like, man, I'm yeah. rusty. Like I remember the first, I, I remember <laughs> writing I have the notes in this big old binder. It's like the three inch ring binder, like the largest one you can purchase. Yeah. I wrote the encounter. I wrote everything and I always keep notes, uh -huh. man. I, I read over it again and this was for years ago, but I read it over like this past year and I was like, holy crap, who <laughs> wrote this? This was so like, you know, it was choppy. Yeah. It was the encounter was way off balance. Like I should have <laughs> killed them with this. Um, this was, this was garbage, but I said, you know what, maybe what I can do is keep, I'm going to keep it and learn from it. And I feel like that's the same with terrain, right? Yes. With terrain, yes. you're going to keep, you know, or rather don't throw away your first tiles or your first minis, unless you're mini, like, unless you're like, you know what, I'm going to like, <laughs> this is a really bad one um, with, <laughs> with terrain. It's like, you know what? Let me keep it. Let me, yeah. let me, this is a good, it's a monument, right? It's a yeah. monument to where I was and where I am now and what I can learn. So I feel like that's I, I, the, the huge spirit of the community too, because you mentioned something with um, other tabletop games, right? And I don't want to mention anything specific, but there are some communities that are very exclusive yeah and they're very and it happens right it happens yeah, that's it something happens. that we you know we are working very hard within our own community to be extremely inclusive but <clears throat> with that being said there are certain communities that are a little bit a little bit picky and i mm -hmm. you know let's and let's be just in in saying this they perhaps have a pickiness because they really love this craft they really love their hobby and um it's, it's just, they haven't made that transition yet. So right. I, cause I've, you know, I've heard, you know, what you were saying about 
making terrain out of toilet paper rolls and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Where back in the day, certain certain war gamers and certain uh, tabletop gamers would love that idea, would say, yeah, go ahead. You know what? You have this thing that you made out of garbage and it's going to be stand in for this tournament you're playing in. Okay, no problem. Nowadays, it's like, nope, you painted this completely wrong. You can't even play in your yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know from a terrain perspective. I know for myself, I got into a couple of war games and that was kind of the general consensus. But from your perspective, from terrain, have you ever encountered people who said, well, this is a farmhouse and it shouldn't have these abstract colors or something of that nature? You know, have you ever encountered that type of dialogue? And if so, what do you do about it? Oh man, the volumes of books that could be written on this. Um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I think we all do at some point, whether you're a DM or a painter or a train builder, mm-hmm. whatever you are, if, even in the office, you know, in, in everyday life. Um, yeah, we all run into that. I definitely have, have seen it a couple of times and I, I would, where do I want to go with this? There's, there's a couple different ways. Let's say this up front, D&D community on Instagram. I love you. I, I love mm-hmm. every single one of you. Um, there are other platforms. I won't mention platforms either, but it's, it's not like that. And it's very much, if you post something, it's not saying to the world, Hey, look what, look what I made. And everybody's like, Oh, I love this. I love how you did this. It's more of, well, I would have done this. Well, you should have done this. And so I stay away from those because that's just not who I am as a person. I'm not, I try not to be toxic. I try not to be negative. And so I stay away from those communities, regardless of whether I'll get more followers, or whatever, you know, I don't care about that. I just, I care about the people here and this community is not like that. Now there is that other kind of aspect of a different community in Instagram that is a little bit more picky. And I tell myself like, that's okay. If, if that's how that stigma is, we're just going to, we'll change it. We'll have to change it. <laughs> so I follow a lot of people like that and I'll comment on their stuff and just be straight up encouraging and just tell them like, I love how you did this. I think that's brilliant. I think that's beautiful. I think your paint is awesome. You know, and I think just trying to support people and maybe kind of change that stigma is is something that, you know, it's not something I can do, but I think it's something that we can all do and kind of bridging that gap because th- there are two communities, a D&D one and that kind of other community. And I just, man, there's so much potential bet- for, for like cross content. I just, I try, I try to bridge that gap all the time, man. You're and you're you hit the nail on the head, man. There are certain group, let's just call them groups, right? There are certain groups within this hobby that are very supportive, and then there are others who are not. And yeah. there are groups within other hobbies that would cross hobby and say, Oh my gosh, this terrain that you made. I mean, I've had very positive experiences. I actually, in fact, one of my coworkers who has become a really good friend of mine. We were having a painting party. Now picture this, two 30-year-old men uh, that work in corporate America. But, you know, <laughs> we had a great evening. We had dinner. We had some port wine, a cigar. Um, and then we said, all right, we're ready to paint minis. And our wives were like, wait a minute. I thought this was a dinner date. And I was like, no, <laughs> ah, you've been fooled. Um <laughs> And we started painting minis. Oh, so good. It, it was six fam- hours later. Oh yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> we, um, <clears throat> the beautiful thing about that was 
I brought my though I and again this is no this is not to say anything about anyone I love all minis um folks if you don't know this I have a huge addiction with miniatures so if you want to feed or slash help that addiction please let me know um which minis I should purchase next but anyway um I brought the WizKids unpainted uh line of minis right they you know they come two in a pack mm-hmm. great minis I love yep. them great detail and this guy who comes from the Warhammer back background, specifically 40K, and he comes from now the Middle Earth Battle Systems, which again, both games workshop. Mm-hmm. Yep. He takes a look at this miniature, and he says, man, this is a really good like sculpt. I really love this sculpt. And you don't get that often, right? You don't get other hobbyists saying, you know what, this is a great, uh, this is a great mini. You know what, dude, you know, this is what you should do. And I remember him going into his closet and saying, look at these, uh, look at these age of Sigmar minis. You should Mm -hmm. consider getting these and adding it to your, um, adding it to your D and D game, because maybe they could be some sort of monster you homebrew. And I love that. I, and I feel like that's the type of community that we foster, um, as a group. Right. And I'm, I'm talking as a group as, you know, you have your Pepperina Sparkle Gem. I, mm-hmm. I love her to death. She is awesome. Ray, you know, AK got DM your, yourself, myself. Like there's a lot of people within the uh, encounter terrain. Uh, like he's a, like all these people I see doing this. And mm-hmm. I guess I mentioned this because, you know, for the folks out there who are new to crafting terrain, like be specific or be intentional with where you share your craft because yeah. there are going to be some places that will reject you. <laughs> But then there are going to be other places like what we found on the Instagram community that are extremely supportive. Like whether you're a beginner or not, you're going to be really like supportive of one another. Yeah. So, didn't mean to go on a tangent, but that was. No, it's a, great. It's a good one. I, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, I, I can't agree more. Be intentional where you share it. And if it's not working in one place, try it in another place. Yeah. Don't be discouraged mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, not be discouraged because I know for myself. I am very cautious of where I share my, what community I share with and not just for encouragement, but I know that if I were to present a, I don't know, maybe like a hundred magic items that I homebrewed, I know that certain folks in the community would say, Hey, you know what, Brian, this is really good, but you should also work on this. Have you thought Mm -hmm. about that? Like that come that comfortable dialogue. And I think that's something from in the D&D community, we need more of, we need to have that dialogue between one another. And even war, like, I would even say the wargaming community, right? Like, I think it's a good thing to have that dialogue, because I love, I've played a couple of rounds of, of 40k, I've played Middle Earth Battle Systems, but I always will have a love for D&D because of the storytelling aspect, not yeah. just also because I have an addiction to collecting minis, <laughs> but um. I love the storytelling aspect. And that's something I had a question for you from a D&D perspective, terrain aside, right? What is one of the things that you enjoy the most about this hobby? Oh, man. <laughs> Once again, the volumes of books that could be written. Um, <clears throat> yeah, let's, let's go with this. I'll say three things and I'll talk about one. Number one, creativity. Number two, community. And number three, terrain. In, okay. Prop in that order. Let's talk about community. That's, okay. I think I think that's where we go with this. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Creativity, community, and 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 crafting. 
Okay. So um, community, it's, it's that thing where everybody feels like they're missing some, some things, right. You might feel like sure. you're missing friends or encouragement or that sort of thing. And you will find a lot of what you're looking for in a good community, you know, okay. whether it be, you get involved in, uh, I'll push Instagram. Cause that's where I'm at. You get involved in Instagram and you're like, man, I've always loved the Lord of the Rings. I've wanted to play D and D, but I, mm-hmm. I just don't know. I don't have anybody in my life to, to do that with. You'll, you'll find that community there. You just start, you know, looking around and, and asking mm-hmm. questions. And I think communication is key messaging sure. people message me sure. message. I love getting messages from people. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like, I think once you just find like a place that you can kind of plug in, you look yeah. at something like evermore, you know, yeah, or some of these right. other big time, mm-hmm. you know, D and D communities. And it's like, man, people have been playing there for years Years and years and years. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I've had Ray on the show a couple of times, and I mean, we're getting close to the thirty-year mark. Um, and I, you know, I I think about that, and I'm like, wow, you've been playing in the same world for thirty years now. I re- and I've talked about this, and this was a humbling moment for me because I a lot of the things that Ray was doing in his world before I plugged in with his world and his community and his group of uh, friends and whatnot, I was like, man, like. I'm really, I, I, am I the only one doing this stuff? Am I the only one who's like really just story driven and character driven? Because again, I had a very, I, I was the forever DM and we literally, I, if you ever come to Charlotte, North Carolina to visit, I'm going to take you out to get some really good barbecue. And I'm going to take you yes. to where we used to play D and D as kids. No, that's cool. That is so cool. Dude. I'd love to I, come. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> It'll be funny. The second part will be extremely hilarious because um, we used to play in the playground um, in like my best friends growing up there. The, the neighborhood, I guess, had a playground. Uh-huh. That's where we played D&D besides their house and my house. Uh-huh. Those were the three locations. <clears throat> and the playground, you might ask, well, why? Well, our parents said, you're not. Hey, can y'all go out and get some air? like get some sunshine. So we said, of course we can. And we packed all our D and D stuff. We just played in the playground. Yeah. Uh, We weren't lying technically. Right. Right. We were playing just not a physical game. Um, So, you know, so we, you know, so that's, but that's how it was. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm doing something a little different. Nope. Evermore has been doing this crap for 30 years, man. And I was like, <laughs> that's awesome though. Cause again, what you said, the community that it fosters, right. It fostered a community of people that I can not only, I love lore so I can dive into the lore, but yeah. I can also say, okay, Ray dungeon master to dungeon master. How do you do this? How do you manage this type of thing? Right. Whether it's economy whether it's, you know, this specific subclass or how do you just, you know, manage multiple storylines? I think that's something that it's always a balancing act. However, that community is where it's at. And I think, and you nailed it, man, like the community is really at the heart of D&D because let's be honest, you can jump in. We can, you know, we usually play via Zoom, right? So you can jump in and have a character ready and play with us. And that's the beauty of it. I think that's, I feel like we're a little bit more laid back than some of the other tabletop communities. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I would agree. I would, I would totally agree. It's just like, we're not dealing with armies, right? We're not, right. We're, you know, we're not saying, okay, we're playing a 300 point game of, 
you know, hero clicks or we're playing, which by the way, right. Hero clicks is an amazing game that you can use as well for minis in D and D just saying. Um, but seriously though, like I'm not playing a 300 point game of hero clicks or I'm, I don't have my battle company ready from Lord of the Rings or whatever it may be. It's, I have my character sheet. Hey, what yep. do you, you know, what level are we starting at? Oh, level five. Perfect. I'll just dial this paladin down. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, or playing scale level up five. a bugbear. Or- yeah. Or anything. Yeah. Anything of that nature. And it's like, okay, cool. We just have uh, an additional person coming in. Awesome. Can't wait. You know, it's, it's, I feel like that's the difference between our communities. Um, but rewinding just a little bit, I want to make sure uh, we talk about this because you have an awesome show on Instagram where you go live with individuals within the community. And not only are you building terrain, but you're building community. And I think this is a great segue into that. Where did that idea start? Like, how did you come up with that concept? Um, so yeah, so I run tableside chats on Tuesday nights um, on Instagram. And um, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's an hour long live show. And uh, I just pick people out of the community and, or they'll message me and ask, hey, can I be on the show? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And um, the idea kind of stemmed from early on in my account. I've not been running my Instagram account very long, just like six months or so. Okay. And about a month, I, I always knew I wanted to do something live you know, like a YouTube channel or Twitch or something like that. And I just thought, where do you, where do you start with that? And I just said, all right, I'm going to go live. I had like, I don't know, three people show up and I just talked about what I was doing. I was making shingles, which is now a community joke. And, um, (laughs) it just kind of stuck. It was, it was fun talking. And I thought, well, this was cool. I don't want it to be all about me. So let me bring somebody else in. Let's try that again. Let me bring somebody else in and I'll just ask them questions. Right. And, and I thought, I, I like it because there's not a whole lot of people doing live crafting. And then number two, it's like, maybe I'll show somebody to somebody else who's never seen this account before or something like that. And so that idea just really stuck. And then um, it just started doing really well. And it's just been a blessing. Like, I think the community has just been so supportive. Like, it, it's not a good show by all means. It's just there's a really good community who loves to support. And there's a bunch of really cool people who come on and make the episodes just fantastic. Yeah, dude, I totally understand that, man. Like I, you know, I might joke around about certain things about the podcast, right? And I love the podcast because it's a medium in which or it's a medium in which we can converse freely. But I really like I don't, and you know, my podcast isn't like critical role, right? It's not a live play game. It's a discussion. It's, it's, it's folks within the community talking about the hobby and getting to know one another, but having that organic conversation. Um, And for me personally, I prefer that than having to have a script, so to speak. Right. And I think the folks in the audience, a lot of folks can tell that this isn't really scripted. This is literally two people sometimes three or four um, members of the community having awesome dialogue with one another and having um, really good conversations about what's going on in the community. Um, because at the end of the day, like, don't you, it's, it's kind of like being at the game store, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you're at the game store, you have these conversations you have the conversations like, oh my gosh, like who would win? Whether it's a comic book store or a game store, it's like, okay, who would win? The Hulk or Superman, right? And that's kind of how like, and, and you know, going, well, going to this podcast, I kind of feel like it's that organic conversation. But watching your show and once again, 
one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this podcast. You have such great organic conversation with your guests. Um, and I'm, I'm just happy that you would even consider me to have to be on the show. Cause that's just like, it's just a testament to what this community is, but what I love about your show, and I'm not just saying this cause you're on the show or on this podcast, but you have conversations with individuals who I never knew about, which then prompts me to learn about them and to, and, you know, to kind of start following them. Um, and then to talk, have a conversation with them in addition to that, to say, Hey, you know, how did you start in D&D? This is so cool. I can relate to this. Or even, hey, I didn't even know that you were an account. Why, you know, why did I not know this? This is so, you know, this is, it, it just, you, you give exposure to people. And I really love that. And lastly, like you build that community up. And again, we need folks like you building up the community because with everything going on right now, I mean, yeah. You, not to, I'm not going to mention specifics, but we all know that there's been some crazy stuff happening in the community and it's everywhere, right? I mean, unfortunately, it's in a lot of communities, but we need more pioneers like yourself who are willing to build those bridges and to really say, hey, you know what, y'all, whatever happens in life, it's life, but we're going to get through this together. And if it just takes some time to sit down and say, hey, you know what, like, tell me your life story while we build some dungeon tiles. Like yeah. I'm all about that. I, yeah. like, that's what I love. And folks, like we're not wrapping this up or anything. I'm just saying like, I, I really love that. And like folks, y'all need to check that out because it, it's something that just for me, it's, it's, it leaves me with a happy feeling knowing that like this community is truly like the best community hands down. I agree. Uh First off, I'm flattered. Thank you so much. Um, it's it's been a really, really, really good response with having people like you on the show. It's like, man, it's like I never would have imagined getting you on the show or getting Ray on the show or, and things like that. And um, but another one of the highlights is just like what you said. It's like a, a few weeks ago there was um, a guy who was pretty new to Instagram, and he was just so nice with just commenting on every single thing I post, or you know, mm -hmm. just so supportive, liking, sharing, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, who is this guy? And I go to, I try to go to every single live that I can go to. If I'm going to ask people to come do a live, I'm going to go to as many as I can. Every single one I was going to, he was in there commenting, being friendly, you know, popping the hearts. And it was just like, uh, Hey, will you come on my show? I was like, I need a fill in this week. I was like, I think you would be great. He has like 200 followers and like, that. and people just loved him, loved his account, loved who he was as a person, the things he was doing. And that for me is the core essence of, of who it really is. And, and it, it's so hard trying to get everybody in. I I'm booked until October and it's like, I, there's, there's only four of these a month and I have to try to capture as many different people in our community as possible. And that's been, that's been kind of a challenge, Brian. I will, I will say that, but um, yeah, I was just, I was just saying, I, I love this community. I love people. And to hear that, that's good to hear feedback like that, because I, I always wonder, it's like, are people, is this helping accounts? You know, I, I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about the account. So is it helping? So that's good to hear that you found some accounts off of there and, and being able to follow them and stuff. Yeah, man. I definitely think um, that there is a really good, there's a, there's a really good thing that you're doing with this, with this show and which actually sparked me to think, Hey, you know what? Maybe I should start, you know, building terrain and crafting terrain and, and going from there. I, you know, kind of, well, I should also add that uh, 
<laughs> Ray, AK got DM. He definitely, I see his stuff and him and I have known each other. I think he was one of my first um, friends on Instagram. Oh, how cool. When I first started, uh, we got connected for, um, we were doing some, some outreach, um, some veteran outreach and we met and we, you know, just hit it off. So, you know, he's a great inspiration and I believe, but again, man, like, it's like these folks that we we have mutual friendships with, like they really started to, they kind of laid the foundation for folks like us. And I think, and, and and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like that saying, right? Leave the door open for the person behind you. That's right. I love that. Yeah. And, I, but anyway, <laughs> um, one, one last thing I do want to ask you though, with, from, you know, coming all together with terrain and with everything like that. What are some of the biggest projects that you are either a working on right now or B have worked on that has made you think, wow, this is a big project. I don't know what I got myself into. Oh, yeah. Let's see. What am I working on now? Several different things. I always have four or five builds going at this at the same time because that's my creativity process is I do things when I'm inspired. And so if I have five projects, I'm more likely to be inspired by one of those at any given time. <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm working on um, the Vault of Dragons for nice. Waterdeep Dragon Heist. It's not going to be, it's not like to scale like Troll Squad. It's just building a bunch of stuff that I think would be cool in there. I'm working on that. Um, just finished their ship build. Uh, my first ship, which I just, I didn't do my best on it. I just wanted to do one. Um, what else am I working on? I'm working on a diorama for someone that I just want to give to them. I'm working on a book nook for my best friend that I'm almost finished with. So I'll be posting that probably next nice. week. <clears throat> and then um, to answer the second question, Troll Skull Manor was like that for me because it's, it's huge. I mean, it is a four story, fully playable interior, you know, comes apart all, all the, all the fancy stuff. That one took like two months, maybe a little longer, maybe two and a half. And uh, I would totally do it again. It's, it's like, I don't have a lot of patience Mm. And so, which is kind of why it took so long. I could have done it in less than a month, but um, I think building that discipline of, um, and this is a question I get a lot too, that I love answering it, building that discipline of when you don't want to do it anymore, how do you continue to do something like that? You just find a podcast like this one. Yours is an amazing podcast, by the way. I love your podcast. Um, find a podcast, well, thanks, put it on and, and just listen and be inspired by other people and just do, because like, once you get through that hump, like <clears throat> for me, it was the trim, like doing all the wood trim. That building is covered mm-hmm. in wood trim. Yeah. I got about to the second floor doing trim and, and, and windows. And I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. You push um, through and, and you get to a point, Brian, where it's like, okay, I've got through the hardest part. I just keep going. And then you finish and it's like, you're on the painting process and you're seeing it come together. And it's just like, I'm so glad I did. It was so worth it. I'm done with it. I have this to show for it. And so that's my favorite part of a big build is get through the process because yeah. it's totally worth it. I hear that, man. I hear that, man. I need you to, well, I, I need you to come on board and uh, come play a game with me one day or me play with you. Cause I would, I, I think that's one of the things we haven't done together besides build terrain. I know, is, I know. Uh, Cause I remember we reviewed those uh, critical role exons. Yeah. The critical role minis. Yeah. Dude, those minis look sick. I'm not going to lie, man. Those, I know. those minis look sick. And again, as a mini hoarder collector enthusiast, 
aficionado what's other words that sound good but really just show that i have a an addiction i don't know uh, yeah, was addict. <laughs> yeah attic would probably be more specific <laughs> i would buy those minis in a heartbeat but yeah man we've done some cool stuff in in that regard where man i need to get you playing and i really need to start building some terrain with you somehow even if it's over discord and again folks this is the beauty of this community like we can do this and it's awesome but anyway i know that we are um a bit at time so i want to yeah. make sure i'm conscious of it um dude thank you so much for hanging out and just talking terrain with me and talking about um your show folks for you know if you are interested and want to learn more about terrain and, and the guests that he has on uh on his show check him out on instagram again instagram is going to be it's a tuesday night show correct or is it that's a correct tuesday? okay yep, tuesday nights Tuesday nights, uh, what time so that folks on the different coasts know? That's going to be at 8.30 p.m. Central Time. Okay, so 9.30 Eastern Time. And again, that's going to be Jay's Tabletop Terrain. Again, Jay's Tabletop Terrain. You'll catch that show. Please give him a follow. Please, you know, check out some of the stuff. And, and let's build community together. Let's build some terrain together. Um most importantly, folks, let's be kind and compassionate to one another. Things are crazy, as always. Life is crazy. But we can always make the effort to be kind and compassionate to one another, you know, within this community and outside of this community. But, folks, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to like this podcast, to subscribe to the podcast, give, a, give us a five-star review. Um, that really helps us know and encourages us to know what you all like. Um, but most of all, folks, keep gaming. Mm -hmm.